and we're going to ver uh, chapter 3. Good to see you all today. Those of you visiting with us, thank God for you being here today. 2 Timothy chapter 3. If you don't mind standing for the reading of God's word, we'll get right into it. I'm not going to keep you long today. Amen. I'm not going to keep you long. So you have to sometimes clarify and qualify. Let me go ahead and do that. Pastor, not, he's trying to not keep us long because he want to go home and watch football. No, I don't want to go home and watch football. I know this is the beginning of the season. So, y'all, for those football watchers, it might be a benefit to you. But I'm not trying to get us out so we can go watch a football game. All right? <laughs> Amen. Is that all right if I say that? All right. Praise God. Nothing against football, y'all. Amen. In the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3, the Bible reads as follow, follows, beginning in verse 16. The Bible says, all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that, somebody say so that, so that, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work, every good work. Today we'll continue this sermon message on is it profitable? This is part two of the question, is it profitable from the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 16 through 17. Let the church say amen. 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 You may be seated in the presence of our life-changing King. Years ago, years ago, as, as a college student, I remember one particular day sitting in my car in a local restaurant's parking lot waiting for my friend to meet me for lunch. And as I was sitting in my car, if you were to walk past my car, you, you would have looked into my car and you would have asked yourself, I wonder What's going on with that young man? As I was sitting in my car, I was perplexed. One of those crossroads in life where you have so much life hitting you at one time and you, you really don't know what to do. And, and as I was sitting there with my head on the steering wheel, uh, sometimes I would put my head, my hands on top of my head. I was, I was in, a, in a distressed state. Didn't know what to do. Didn't know what my next move was going to be. Trying to accomplish something by earning a college degree. The stress of that, the stress of my job at the time, family stress, financial stress, all that was hitting me at one time. The reason I tell you this story is because it's one of the most memorable experiences of my life between the time I parked until my friend finally arrived and we were able to enter into the restaurant. But in between that time, I had an encounter. I reached into my glove compartment and I pulled out. Y'all remember, I think they still make them. I know I still have one. Those just Bibles about this small, the New Testament Bibles. Amen. Amen. I, ju I, just, I, just, I just reached over and I, I picked up that green small New Testament Bible, and in desperation to hear something, 
I just opened the page. And I'll never forget this, Sister C. I turned to Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Never forget that. Distraught, needing to hear something from God. And I, I turned to, to, to Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, and it simply says, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season. See, that was the important part. In due season, we shall reap if we faint not. Took my green Bible, closed it up. Put it back in the glove compartment. And by that time, my friend arrived, and we went into the restaurant. But had you seen me before you went in the restaurant, and had you seen me for those few seconds after I got that word from the Lord, you would have said, is that the same man that we saw going into the restaurant? Because something had changed. The word of God is amazing because it can take us in the condition and the state that we're in. And when we allow it to do what it's supposed to do, it will change even our countenance. It, it, it's incredible. And, and what, I, what I love about what we're talking about here, we're, we're asking the question, is, is it profitable? God is interested in, as we stated last week, he's interested in being profitable. If you own a business or a company or if, if, you, if you're interested in, in, in profiting, that, that, that's very important to you. And, and, and the word of God that day, it was profitable for me because, Brother Nord, it, it began to teach me something and show me something that I didn't know previously. Here I am ready to give up and throw in the towel. And then I read a word from the Lord. And he says, don't be weary in well-doing. It's a breath of fresh air, man. It's all I needed to hear. You ever been on a journey where you just needed to hear something from God? And it might have come through one of the ministers who stood on this pulpit to you in the pews. It might have come through you listening through a, a song, a praise song. It, it, it came in some way, form, or fashion. But, but one thing about it, it encouraged you. And it took you from where you were, and it brought you to a place that you didn't know existed. I'm talking about the power of God's word. Paul writes this. Watch this, people. He writes it in prison. Writing it to his son in the faith. And he, he tells him, he says, Timothy, one thing I want you to know is that that all scripture, all scripture is, is profitable. It's profitable. I, I want you to know that 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 is profitable for, for. For everything that you can imagine it being profitable for. Um, th there's an old preacher, his name is A.W. Tozer, and I, I, sometimes I quote him, but one of my favorite quotes that he says is this. He says, if I were the devil, one of my first aims would be to stop folk from digging into the Bible. He said, if I were the devil, one of the first things I would do is to stop folk from digging into the Bible. And his point is simply, 
the devil understands the power of the word. That's why he works so hard to keep us from getting to a place where we can begin to understand and get more clarity about what God is saying. You ever notice the distractions you face in life? You go to maybe create some study time for yourself and the phone ain't rung all morning. And here it is ringing. Kids will sleep. And here they go getting up earlier. Doorbell ringing. And the doorbell ain't rung in weekends to come. What am I trying to say? We got to protect the time that we have to get the scriptures that God desires for us to get. We learned last week that men were supernaturally directed by the Holy Spirit of God to write the scriptures. We asked the question last week, is the, is the word of God profitable? In other words, is, is the Bible uh, God's holy word? Is it advantageous to our lives? We learned that the word of God is 100 percent reliable, 100 percent reliable. We said that the word of God is infallible. Remember that term we said? Say infallible with me. Infallible. infallible. It means to be it's incapable of making a mistake. Y'all know that God's word is incapable of making a mistake, incapable of making a mistake. We also said that it's inerrant. Somebody say inerrant. Inerrant. That means that it is free from error. It's free from falsehood and it's free from deceit. Inerrant and what? Infallible, infallible, infallible. My first point is this. Scripture is a daily encounter with God. Anytime you want to encounter or spend time with God, what you do is open up the scriptures and begin to read them. You're you're now talking to God and now God is talking to you. They're not just words on the page. They are a lie. The Bible teaches us this and I teach you this all the time that the word of God is quick. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two edged sword. It pierces even, I love this, to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of your heart. The, the word of God is so powerful, people, that it can discern our thoughts. It can discern our thoughts. God knows what we're thinking even before we're thinking, and the power of the Holy Spirit can reveal what's behind our thoughts and intentions. That's why we have to walk in the spirit so that we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Because if we walked in our flesh and we didn't walk in our spirit, we would succumb to the flesh all the time, thus defaming the name of our Lord. Thank God for how the Holy Spirit has come in and interrupted us when we were about to do something that we had no business doing. Thank God for pricking our hearts. And, and pulling us back when we were about to say something out of our mouths that we know we had no business saying. There's power in the word of God. It, it, it divides. That's why sometimes when you take a stance for God's word, you're going to probably lose some friends. And maybe even some family members. The people come to Jesus and they say, hey. Your, your family is here, and Jesus says, I'm already with my family. 
He said, I'm with my family already. And it was his own mama and his brothers. They were coming to see him. And, and he was teaching us that nothing is more important than the word of God. Nothing should get in the way of the word of God. It is inerrant. It is efficient and it works in all waveforms of fashions. But it's, it's, we want to have a daily encounter with God. If we want to be profitable in our lives, we need to spend time in the scriptures. Romans chapter 15, verse four. Write this down. Write this down. Romans 15, four. Watch this now. Romans 15, four. Watch this. The Bible says. For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. What's going to give us hope? Perseverance and encouragement of what? The scriptures we might have hope that day I opened that green Bible it gave me hope I recognized that there was perseverance far beyond the issues of life that I was dealing with at that particular time don't give up on God see some people call it quits before they turn the page because God had set up their destiny on the next page but they couldn't hang in there long enough to see what God was going to do man don't give up on God you might give up on people, but never give up on God because God will never leave us and he will never forsake us. Now, I love this as I'm as I'm walking with us. I'm going somewhere. Y'all Y'all stay with me. Uh, go to go to Psalms 19, because I'm talking about how all scripture is profitable. What does profitable profitable mean? It means that it's advantageous. OK, it's advantageous. The scripture is advantageous to you as a single is advantageous to you as a married person is advantageous to you as a church is advantageous to me as a pastor is advantageous to me as a husband. It's advantageous in many different ways. OK, now watch this now in the book of Psalm. Chapter 19, beginning at verse seven, watch what the psalmist says here. I'm going to show you the beauty of the word of God. The law of the Lord is what? Do y'all see that? It's perfect. Watch what it does. Restoring the soul. Anybody need some restoration in this place today? The word of God does that. Watch what he goes on to say. The testimony of the Lord is what? Sure. So not only is the law of the Lord perfect, but the testimony of the Lord is sure making wise the simple. Thank God for not complicating things. He says, I've used the foolish things of the world to confine the wise. Amen. Things with God, we got to learn to operate in the simplicity of how he's laid things out. God is not complicated. People make him complicated. Okay. God does what I like to do. He, he puts the cookies on the shelf where the kids can get them. That's why Jesus always taught in parables. So parable so they could parallel a natural truth to a spiritual truth so that they could get the understanding of what needed to be said. Are y'all understanding what I'm saying? God wants you to get it. God wants you to understand. And the way we understand is I'm getting into this is we have to start in the scriptures. God, I wish you speak to me. Open his word. He's speaking. God, I wish you show me open his word. He'll show you. All right. Now, some things God won't show us. Let me let me clarify this, because you won't open up your Bible 
and you want, God, should I marry this person right here who lives at this address? You're not going to find that in your Bible. I didn't find it in my Bible. When but one thing you will get is the assurance and the peace and the confidence to move forward in the things that God has for you. Thank God for Jesus. Praise God. So the law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Are y'all seeing this? The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring how long? Man, this is powerful. You mean the word of God will endure forever? Absolutely. Jesus said, not one jot or tittle of my word will pass. He says, the heavens and earth will pass away, but my word will still stand. All scripture is profitable, people. They are more desirable than gold, verse 10. Yes, than fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the drippings of honeycomb. Moreover, by them, you, your servant, is warned in keeping them, there is great reward. Are y'all seeing that the scriptures are profitable? They're profitable, man. You want your soul to be restored? Get in the word. If you want to understand the enduring power of God, even through your toughest circumstances, get in the word. And he will begin to change you in the circumstance. I like to say this about uh, situations. Sometimes let me let me say this uh, in terms of changing things, because you, you need to understand that, that God is sovereign. I taught you this before. That means he does what he wants, how he wants and when he wants. And in the sovereignty of God, you need to understand that as you're walking this life, if God does not change the situations, Amen. he will change you and give you the grace to be able to endure whatever you're going through. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Man, it just doesn't seem like this situation changing. Well, maybe God is giving you the grace to navigate through the situation to represent him in the situation. Is he not God because your situation didn't change? Many people have thrown in the towel on God because God didn't do what they wanted him to do. I'll make this practical for you. I, I, I I read, I read, as you often read, and I came across a pop star who is now an atheist. And her name is Britney Spears, I believe that's her name. And the reason she's an atheist is because she said, my, if, if God was real, he wouldn't let me go through what I just went through with my father. She went through a horrific time with her father, not to give you backstory on that, but because of that experience, she denounced God. Sometimes we become so attached to our earthly fathers and in their absence or disappointment, when we're introduced to the heavenly father, somehow we try to associate our natural father with our earthly father and God is saying that's not so. He says, I'm a father to the fatherless. 
And in spite of what your natural father may have said or may have done to you, I'm here to not only replace that, but I'm here to make all things new in your life so that you can go on living, removing the absent father wound, never to return again. Man, that's for somebody today. I don't know who it's for, but but you need to you need to let go and go on, because even in our natural father's disappointment of us, it shouldn't change our view of God. He's still God. And there's no one like him in the heavens above or the earth beneath. Is it profitable? If it, is it profitable? Just, just teaching us this morning. Our, our scripture, all scripture is inspired of God. It's God breathed. Amen. God breathed the scriptures. It's like a, a sailboat that's sitting in the bay. And that sailboat can't do anything unless it has wind. And what God did is he breathed. He exhaled. And out came his unfathomable word. And that word caused the sail that was sitting still to begin to move. And God spoke through holy men. And they therefore document it and they give us what we call the scriptures. It's the way God intended for us to live. It's the instructions of life. Anybody, y'all, we, we, we live long enough. We're in the tech age now. And many of us, if you can be honest, many of us have had our phones for years before we found out what it could do until we read the instructions. <laughs> they make these phones now, and, you, and, and some of us, we just make calls on them. That's <laughs> all we do, make income, incoming call, outgoing call. But man, when you begin to read the instruction manual, you find out that that phone can do much more than you thought it could do. Some of us are driving cars that we never looked, took time to look in the owner's manual. You say, man, I wish my car did this. We go pay somebody, getting ready to pay somebody to do it, and they say, wait a minute, you, you know your car already does this, right? I'll do it for you now, but you, it already does it for you. And it's the same way with the Holy Bible. We walk around with it not really knowing what all God says we are and what we can do in through Christ Jesus because we haven't taken time to open it up. Is the word of God profitable? Absolutely it is. What is it profitable for? As we learned last week, we said that it's, it's profitable for teaching. What is teaching? Teaching is it shows us the road to walk on. Okay, remember that. Teaching shows you the road to walk on. Well, Lord, I don't know what to do. I've been in the world for 20 years. Now I'm giving my life to Jesus. What do I do? He says, get on the road. And when you get on the road, that means that you've submitted yourself to teaching. Man, do we want to be better uh, as, as women and men of God? How do we get better? We get better through teaching. It's not just going to fall out the sky and say, oh, man, I'm much better than I was yesterday. No, you got to get in. You got to be taught. I'm going to show you this in a minute. You got to be taught. You got to be, be taught the, the scriptures. You got to be taught. The second thing we said is not only profitable for teaching, but it's profitable for reproof. And reproof, remember, it shows us where we got off the road. So we were on the road. We were doing wonderfully well. And then all of a sudden, we somehow we got off the road. And what reproof does, it exposes where we got off. Okay. Paul said to the Galatians, he says, man, who bewitched you? So, somebody came in and they taught you something totally different than what I was teaching you. And they got derailed just that quickly. And Paul was amazed by that. 
But what happened was, is he was able to point out their error because they were pointing to a Jesus who was another Jesus. Reproof. Where, where did you get off? Let me ask you the question. Where, where did you get off the road? Go, go back and just press the rewind button a little bit and find where you might have gotten off the road. And for some of us, God has continually exposed where we got off, but we're continuing to go in the direction opposite of him. Because it feels good. Because I'm too embarrassed. I don't want, I don't want people to know what, what I've been through or what I'm, I'm going through. And God is saying, no, before you can move forward, you, you got to address this in your life so that you can get back on the road. And then when you make the decision through the power of the Holy Spirit to get back on the road, it's also profitable. Scripture is profitable for correction. It's profitable for correction. That is, it shows us how to get back on the road. All right. Some of us need to learn how to get back on the road. Well, in order to do that, we have to open our hearts up for correction. Now, how do we deal with correction? How, how do you how do you be honest with me? How do you respond when somebody comes up to you and they correct you for something that you know is wrong? All right. We all been there, right? It, 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 it's happened to me. Uh, somebody comes up and they say, hey. Well, you don't tell me what to do. You know, we go doing all that. No, we need to submit ourselves. If it's the true word that's being introduced to us, we need to submit ourselves to that correction so that we can grow thereby. Okay, Uh, husbands, if your wife corrects you for something you're doing wrong and she's right, don't walk around like you've been eating lemons. Go to her and say, yes, ma'am, I appreciate you addressing that. And then quick as you can, run to the other room and yell, scream, do what all you got to do, but receive the correction. Are y'all hearing me this morning? Somebody say, what about the wives? I'm glad you asked. Wives, if your husband brings correction to you that's biblically based, receive the correction. If you need to go in the bathroom after you receive the correction, yell, scream, roll on the floor, whatever you got to do. Receive the correction. Somebody say receive the correction. Saints, if another saint comes up to you and they point out the uh, error uh, that that you got off, you need to be able to tell that to them. And to those who are being told, you need to receive it so correction can take place. Man, how how much better would we be if we just received godly correction? All right. Let, let me. Let, I'm, I'm going. Okay, Lord. Uh, Matthew chapter seven. Let me show you this. All right. All right. Let me show you this. I'm, I'm, I need to. I need to spend one more minute here, just so that you can get this. In, in Matthew chapter seven, this is Jesus' sermon on the mount. And I want you to. to I want you to really understand what I'm about to say right now, because we we throw these statements out to protect our sin okay and and we'll go to you can't judge me statements anybody ever had that before I mean you pointing out something that's just a glaring error and somebody has the audacity to say you can't judge me all right let me show you what Jesus has to say about this all right notice what he says he says do not judge so that you will not be judged. Love that. For in the way you judge, you will be judged. 
and by your standard of men or measure, it will be measured to you. Are y'all understanding what Jesus is saying? All right. So notice what he's saying. He's saying, man, if you if you gonna call out everybody's stuff, when somebody calls out your stuff, they're using the same ruler that you use. And you need not to be concerned about that. Are y'all understanding? Let's keep reading. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? This is Jesus speaking. Speck of dust, log. All right. Using the natural things to teach us the spiritual. Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye and behold, the log is in your own eye. Notice what he calls him. You what? Hypocrite. Jesus says this. Now watch this now. Slow down. Slow down and watch this. Somebody say hypocrite. All right. I'm going to help you out today. If you're a hypocrite, I'm going to help you. Notice what he says. First, take the log out of your own eye. Y'all got that? What needs to happen first? Out of whose eye? All right. You got to take the log out of your own eye. Now watch this. And then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your are y'all understanding that? Let me deal with the log. If, you, if I got some log dealers in here, some people have dealt with the log, you have permission to deal with the speck of dust in your brother's eye. But if you're walking around with a big old log in your eye, and you're trying to tell people how to live holy, and you're nowhere even close to holy, your life is not profitable at all, can you please sit down? I know you got the T-shirt, the bumper sticker, all that. Make them the most noise, all, yep, yep, whatever. But you need to sit down because you got to get the log out of your, your own eye. And then you can help address. Man, we need some log addressers in this place. We need to be able to address our own logs. And how much more profitable would the body of Christ be if the log removers can begin to address the speck of dust in our brothers and sisters' eyes? You become a credible person. You begin to have permission to speak into people's lives because you took time to deal with the log in your eye. If you're cussing people out and you're telling me not to cuss, you need to sit down. If you're telling me to, to read my Bible and the only time you read your Bible was on Sunday at last time at church, somebody say, please have a seat. All right, let me move on. Let me keep it moving. Y'all understanding that? See, what we just did, we brought corrections. For some of us, we got back on the track as a result of that, that teaching there. And then we said it was profitable for training in righteousness. I'm not going to be long. I'm about to wrap this up. Training in righteousness. And what training in righteousness does, it shows us how to stay on the road. Brother Martin, it shows us how to endure hardness as a good soldier. It shows us how to continue in the journey of life 
regardless of the vicissitudes and challenges that life brings, it teaches us how to stay on the road. How many of you know that you're going to have trouble? You're just going to have trouble. Things are going to happen. But man, when you're prepared to, to handle that trouble, when you're prepared to, 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 to deal with that trouble in a godly fashion, God can begin to use us. He goes on in verse 17. He says, so that... Okay, why, why, why are these things profitable? Why is teaching profitable? Why is reproof, reproof profitable? Why is correction profitable? Why is it profitable to be uh, trained in righteousness? So that, underscore that or highlight that in your Bible. So that, we got to finish the sentence. Somebody say, so that. so that. So that, here it is, the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. What kind of work? Every good work, every good work. The Bible says, write this down in Ephesians chapter two, verses eight and nine. It says, for by grace, ye have been saved through faith and not that of yourselves. It is the gift of God and not of works, lest any man should boast for we are his workmanship. Watch this created in Christ Jesus unto good works. What kind of works? Good works, which God has preordained that we should walk in them. If you're born of Jesus Christ, you're created for good works. Not dead works. Not unrighteous works. But for good works that glorify our God. Amen. So if, if I'm a child of God and I'm continually and perpetually producing bad works, I need to ensure who I'm really connected to. What kind of works? Good works, man. That's profitable. It's profitable. When, when a person does a, a good work on the job, the, 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 their, their boss or superior or other, supervi uh, other supervisors and other colleagues, they will look at them and say, man, that is great work that you've done. When some of our sisters who are beauticians, when they get through hooking up a sister's head, they look in that mirror and they say, that's good work. That's good work. Okay, barbers, for the barbers who, you know. All right, guys, y'all get the picture, right? All right. But, but it's, it's profitable, and that's what God desires for us to be, to be people who not only just live in the earth, but as the scripture tells us, man, everything we put our hands to, it shall prosper. Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinner, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And it is in the law of the Lord that he meditates day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Rivers of water. And he goes on to talk about the type of fruit that will come, and whatever he touches, it shall prosper. That's what God wants to see. He wants to see good works. What I tell you this, whatever you're doing for the Lord, make sure that it's good and edifying in accordance to his standards. That's why as believers, we should never be in the business of cheating people. Should never be in the business of that. You, you're, oh, I'm a Christian owned business, but you you're cheating people. Wait a minute now. That's not a good work. And all our works are going to have to come up for account one day. Everything that we've done in the earth for the believer is called the Bema Seat Judgment, where we're going to have to stand before the Lord and we're going to have to give an account of our works. Wood, hay, and stubble. Some of the stuff we've done is going to burn up. But some of the stuff is going to stand. 
That's what God is looking for. He's looking for us to stand. Somebody say it's profitable. It's profitable, people. It's profitable. It's profitable. The the, the last thing I'm going to give you is this. The, the, The Christian only needs scripture to be equipped for every good work because scripture is sufficient. Scripture is sufficient. Scripture is what? All right. Scripture is sufficient. Scripture is sufficient. That means that it's more than enough. That's all you need is the sufficiency of scripture. You don't have to add anything to it. You don't have to combine other religions with 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 our Christian religion. No, it is. It can stand by itself. It can do all that it needs to do. Now, watch this now. Bringing this to a close. Um, uh, Psalms 12 and 8. Put that in your margin. Psalms 12 and 8. The Bible says this in Psalms 12 and 8. Powerful scripture. It says the words of the Lord are pure. What are they? They're pure. Romans 12 and 6, beg your pardon. The words of the Lord are pure as silver tried in a furnace on earth, refined seven times. Seven being a number for perfection. Seven times. Psalms 119, 89, 91, verse 89, 91, 119, 89, 91. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven for your faithfulness continues throughout all generations you establish the earth and it stands. They stand this day according to your ordinances for all things are your servants. So God spoke the world in existence. And guess what? The world is still standing. Man, there's 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 power in the word of God. There's power in the word of God. And God wants us to continue to grow in his word, continue to grow in his word. How do we grow? I'm glad you asked. We got to have an appreciation for the word of God. Bring up Acts 17 real quick. Acts 17. Watch this now. We got to have an appreciation for the word of God. How many of you have truly an appreciation for the word of God? Amen. We got to have an appreciation for God's word. Watch this now. These are some people who had an appreciation for the word of God. Y'all hear me talk about them often, but I believe they set the gold standard in terms of how we are to appreciate the word of God. Now, Paul, he, when he, he founded the church of Thessalonica, but he experienced so much opposition. The people were trying to kill Paul because he came with the message of Jesus Christ. And they chased him all the way to this area called Berea as he was getting ready to go uh, to, to Jerusalem. Now, notice this. In verse 10, it says, the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. You need to read uh, further up to find out why they had to get out, because there was opposition against the word of God. And when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. Verse 11. Now, these were more noble minded than those in Thessalonica. These are the Bereans. Why? For they received the word with great what? Eagerness, examining the scriptures. How often? Daily to see whether these things were so. Therefore, many of them believed among with a number of prominent Greek women and men. But when the Jews of Thessalonica found out that the word of God had been proclaimed by Paul and Berea, also they came there as well, agitating and stirring up the crowds. Then immediately the brethren sent Paul out to go as far as the sea and Silas and Timothy remained there. That's powerful people. So you have a group of people in Berea 
and they had an appreciation for the word of God. And even being taught by the Apostle Paul, they received the word with readiness. Do you come to church with the spirit of eagerness to hear what thus says the Lord? Do you come to open up your heart and your mind? Do you come to make this a profitable experience that you're going to leave out better than you came in? Do, do you come with expectation that you're going to get a word from God that's going to radically change your life? And not only that, do you, do you take the word that you're given, as these Bereans did, daily they search the scriptures to find out that what Pastor Thomas was saying was so. I'm your pastor. I'm going to do all I can do to give you truth from this pulpit, but it's your responsibility for anybody who comes up here and ministers to go back into the scriptures to find out that what we're telling you is true. Why you say that, Pastor? Because there's such a thing as, unfortunately, a doctrine of demons. And in many pulpits all across America, there's demonic stuff that's coming from pulpits and people's lives, or in other words, what's going in them is exemplified in their lifestyle. Are you hearing me today? Amen. And, and what God is interested in, he's interested in profitability. He's interested in the spirit of truth, not itching ear Christians. What do you mean, pastor? What are you talking about? Itching ear Christians. I glad, I'm glad you asked as I'm trying to bring this to a close. I'm glad you asked. But over there in, uh, in, in, in the book of Timothy, in fact, if you just flip over, we're in first Timothy chapter three. If you flip over to chapter four, um, it, this is what the charge that Paul gave to, to Timothy. Watch this in verse 2. He says, uh, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. Are y'all hearing this? Are y'all seeing this in our culture today? Man, what sounds good? All I want to I I hear all that. Just give me something that sounds good. That makes me shout and makes me get, you know, and we I ain't got no problem with shouting, but you need to be shouting because God has done something. Are you hearing me today? He says there, there are too many itching ear Christians. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts will, will heap for themselves teachers having itching ears. I'm going to give you the characteristics of a of an of a, of a itching ear Christian. Find yourself in this. See, you want your experience to be profitable. You don't want to have itching ears. Itching ears. What, is, what does that mean, Pastor, that my ears are actually itching? No, it doesn't mean that. It, 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 it comes from a word that means uh, sound. That word sound is it, the Greek word for hygiene. In other words, we want to ensure that the teaching that we're getting is sound. That's why I need you to pray for me, to make sure I'm giving you the words from the, the book, amen, and explaining them in a way where you can go out and exercise that. They become uh, delirious. They want to hear something pleasant, but three characteristics. The, if, you, if you're an engineer Christian, you do not want to hear teaching that challenges you to change. 
if you're itching near Christian, I, I don't want to hear anything that's going to cause me to change because I want to remain in the state that I'm in. That's why sometimes people change the channel because they don't want to hear the truth. What channel are you on? I'm not on that channel because they started teaching truth and I had to turn because I didn't want to I didn't want to hear that. A lot of times we read the Bible, but don't you know the Bible's reading you? The second thing is um, the, the characteristic of an itching Christian is they desire confirmation to hear a word that justifies wrong living. So you want the you want the preacher to say or the saints. Oh, yeah, I, I know what you've been through, child. You can go ahead and do what you're doing. I know, I know that brings uh, relief to, to you and all that stuff you've been through, child. God, I understand. You better not tell anybody that. God doesn't care what you've been through. He does care, but you can't use that as an excuse to continue. Shall we continue and stand so that grace may abound? Well, God, you just know I'm all lonely, God. I'm going to be by myself, Lord, my whole life. I, I, I just I got to hold on to this one, God, because I just don't know. I might not be another one. Somebody say the devil is a liar. All right. The third and final thing is this characteristic of an itching ear Christian. They not only want to hear teaching that challenges them. They don't want to hear that. They not only want to. Um, they, 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 in other words, they desire confirmation to hear something that justifies their wrongdoing. But lastly, uh, they understand that life represents one that lives a double minded lifestyle. So. Um, it was James who says, you know, that we're not to be double minded. Amen. When you looked in the mirror this morning. For those of you who did. The whole purpose of a mirror. Is to point out flaws. Now. Some people spend more time in a mirror than others. Not getting into that. But my point is, we all spend time in front of a mirror. And what a mirror does is it's a reflection of our true self. And if we don't like what we see, we begin to make adjustments. Now, now be honest with me. How, how long do we stay in the mirror until we get like we need to get before we leave? The mirror will cause you to be late sometimes. The mirror will cause you to say things out your mouth that you got no business saying. Because it's all about the mirror. And if my hair is out of whack, I'm going to spend time getting my hair just like I need to get it. Because I understand that spending time in front of the mirror is profitable for my appearance. When we spend time before the mirror of the word of God. It's profitable. It shows us us. The mirror of God, God's mirror is his word. And when we look into the word of God and we see things that are not profitable. We then need to take a position of humility. And say, God, here I am. I'm right in the mirror and I see what you see. See, that's the first step. God, I, I see what you see now because I've taken time to, to, to get in the mirror long enough to, to see what you see. And now, God, I need your help. I, ca I can't I don't know how to do this. I need to I need to I need to be taught. I need for this experience to be profitable. Lord, I need you to teach me. 
And, Lord, when I'm being taught, Lord, I then need you to expose me. I need you to reproof. I need you to set up reproof where you can show me where I got off the track. And, God, when I, when I have the courage and desire and I'm obedient to the Holy Spirit and I get back on the track, Lord, I need you to bring correction so that I don't go down that pathway again. And, Lord, Lord after you brought correction, Lord, I, I, I need to continue in all righteousness doing your good works, Lord, understanding that I'm adequate and that I'm equipped now because I'm back on the road and I'm open to correction. I'm open to reproof. But more importantly, I understand that all scripture was created by you. Man, that's living. You want to start living? And then, see, then you can shout and scream. That, see, that shout and scream, it comes from the experience that you have been arrested by God. And God has shown you and exposed some things in your heart that now he's come in and taken over and says, I'm going to give you victory over this. He said, this thing has defeated you long enough. But today, today, in the name of Jesus, you're no longer going to be. Uh, I love what Moses told the people and God told Moses. He says, look, this enemy you see today, you ain't going to see him after today. And some of us, we need to get the attitude and recognize that some of the things that we've been carrying around like a backpack. God said, would you please sit it down? You're wearing it down. I pray that some of us released it today when we came to the altar today. You just left it here. And don't come back over here and pick it up because God got it now. Isn't that foolish to go to an almighty God, the creator of heavens and earth, who spoke the universe in existence and say, God, give me that backpack back. I need to carry it a little longer. God said, no. It's done. And I need us to operate in, in that attitude that, man, it is finished. Our, our sins, everything that we, we're now living the life that God wants us to live, even in the midst of our storm. So even if it takes opening up that green New Testament Bible, opening the page and have it land. Now, that's not the way you need to do Bible study, but for, for some of us, that, that has happened. And to land on a word that you need to hear from God. The whole, the whole point that I'm making, people of God, the word of God is profitable. Begin to get into it. Begin to get into it. Begin to get into it. Find you somebody you can study the word of God with. We, got, we have groups in this church for that purpose. I'm too embarrassed. I don't know. I don't know. Well, you need, in order for you to know, you need to connect. Don't be ashamed. Amen. That's the enemy's tactic. He wants to keep you shamed. But today is a day of salvation for somebody. We want you to give your life to Jesus. Come before him today and say, Lord, here am I, a sinner in need of some help. Need help today. Father, as we end this message, we thank you for just your grace, your mercy, and your loving kindness. We thank you that you are the God of all gods. God, thank you that you're a forgiving God. 